Everything's All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 258 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple of great backlist titles. So hello, it's my week again! A lot of wonderful things have happened in the last four weeks in the not-so-wonderful world. The Pulitzer Prizes were announced yesterday, that was exciting. I say yesterday because I'm recording this on Tuesday the 5th. The weather here is lovely now. I really hate expressions that people use all the time, like April showers bring May flowers and time heals all wounds. But it turns out that the reason people say those is because it's true. I think it rained almost every single day here or part of the day uh, in April here in Maine. And it was a drag. It was really bringing down my mood. But now it's been warm and it's been sunny and the flowers are blooming. My quince is beautiful. It's probably my favorite plant on our property. I, we have a quince bush. It's The red flowers are just amazing. And things are, things are looking up. So I'm going to tell you about a couple of great books today. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Penguin Young Readers. So this book I'm about to tell you about is giving five worlds meets spirited away realness. It's about a girl fighting her way back home after getting trapped in the spirit world. It follows Anzu, who's moved to a new town during Oban, a time for families to remember and celebrate their ancestors. And ever since her Albachan died, Oban has lost its magic. She doesn't feel much like celebrating anymore. So while avoiding holiday festivities, Anzu spots a stray dog down the street, a dog that seems to be staring right at her. So when she chases it, she slips and falls down a bridge, losing consciousness. And when she awakes, she's in the Shinto underworld known as Yomi. The stray dog, she finds out, is actually the gatekeeper of Yomi, and he warns her to return to the human realm before it's too late. Like I said, Miyazaki realness, um, I'm super excited for this. So make sure to pick up Anzu in the Realm of Darkness by Mai K. Nguyen. And thanks again to Penguin Young Readers for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so... Like I said, the Pulitzer Prizes were just announced, and Colson Whitehead won his second Pulitzer for the Nickel Boys, which he won the Pulitzer for Underground Railroad the year, not the year before that, but that was his last book before this one. Uh, so two in a row. Wow. He's won a lot of awards now. It's pretty awesome. I absolutely adore him. He is the fourth author to win two Pulitzers. Uh, just a little trivia there for you. The other three I could not name, had to look them up, being uh, Booth Tarkington, which pretty sure I'd never read anything by him, William Faulkner, 
you may have heard of him, and John Updike. So he's in this very exclusive club. So I thought I would talk about the only one of his books that we have not mentioned yet on all the backlist. I don't think, if my records indicate, it is Apex Hides the Hurt. It was his third novel, came out in 2006, which doesn't sound like that long ago, but yeah, 14 years, just bananas this century. And it's a little more whimsical than some of his other novels, but again, it's a Colson Whitehead novel, so you know it's going to be smart and amazing. It's about a town called Winthrop. There, this little town that they're looking to change the town's name. And so they hire a nomenclature consultant who is himself unnamed in the book because irony. I never use that word right, but I think that's irony. And so they bring him in to help them decide what they should rename the town. And this novel is like all about like how naming places in the country and all over the world are more about identity and politics than like just branding. But they also like kind of want to give it like a rich sounding name. And it's very interesting, like how they come to these decisions. Uh, and this consultant, he also has his own like kind of past. He walks with a limp and he's had a strange accident that you don't really know about, just that he's kind of a recluse now. And it also delves into Band-Aids and some actual history behind Band-Aids and why the flesh-colored ones don't work for everyone. There is reasons behind that um, and, and how that came to be. It's not his strongest novel, but it's still full of smart examinations of America and race. And like I said, it's a Colson Whitehead novel, so automatically it's pretty awesome. I am, you know, biased. I am a huge fan. but. I just love everything he does. So I guess that's what makes me a fan. So this one is Apex Hides the Hurt, and it's by Colson Whitehead. My other pick for today is Heresy by Melissa Lenhart. I don't think I've talked about this one before. She had a book that was supposed to come out this week on May 5th, but as many dates are being pushed, so was her new book. Uh, it's now coming out in August. I cannot remember what it was called now, but I'm not going to talk about that one, so it's not important. She also wrote this series, it's a Western series, starting with Sawbones, about a doctor who is accused of murder, and she's, like, on the run. There are a few books in that series. You know how I love a post-Civil War era Wild West novel. Uh, and this one that I'm going to talk about, Heresy, is also set in that time period, but it's even more fun because it's about an all-female gang. And it's these two women, Margaret Parker and Hattie LaCour, they have a ranch that they have worked very hard to keep going, and they get sort of like bullied and threatened and pushed out of their land by this greedy, greedy businessman who is, he's a rancher and sells cattle and he wants their ranch. Um, and so now they're like without a home, with just the clothes on their backs and they have some other friends who join them. They're trying to figure out what to do. So they do what any person would do in their situation. They seek revenge and start a gang because that's what everyone does when, when they're mad about something, right? Uh, so they decide to form a gang and they go across the country, well, across the West, I should say, pulling off a series of heists that hit the businessmen where it hurts. They steal his money, but he's embarrassed and the vic other victims of their crimes are embarrassed to say that they have been robbed by women because sexism and, you know, fragile egos. So. They don't tell, like, the sheriff that they've been robbed by women, even though some of them know it. So, like, the paper's are always, like, there's this, like, really scary gang, like, robbing people all over the West, and they need to catch them. But it's actually these women. And now the Pinkertons are hot on their trail because it's the Wild West, so Pinkertons. 
And there's also a rival gang who's pretty mad that they've been stealing. And so that's less money that they can have. So they're after them too. So they decide to pull up one last big job. So it's it's really fun. It's a Wild West novel, but there is queer representation. And it's not too violent or bloody. I really enjoyed it. So this one is called Heresy by Melissa Lenhart. And then for dealer's choice today, I just wanted to mention, I have not read this book, but I was filling a TBR subscription the other day, and this person I was filling it for mentioned that they were reading And the Ladies of the Club by Helen Hooven Santmeyer, and that they had, like, they were reading it the last time I think they did their subscription, which was, like, months before, and they mentioned, like, they've just been reading it forever because it was really big, so I was like, ooh, you know how I love a big book, so I looked it up, and it's a 1,200-page novel. And I was pretty surprised because even though it came out in 1982, I am in my 40s. My mom worked at a library and a bookstore my whole life. So I saw, you know, a lot of copies of things. You know, I remember like when there was like one summer where it seemed like all we sold was Final Exit and The Prince of Tides. I mean, I've read Rosamund Pilcher. I've read Anne River Siddons. But somehow I have missed Helen Hooven Santmeyer. This novel came out in 1982 while she was in her 80s. She died four years later in 1986, and it sold two and a half million copies. The book is called, again, And the Ladies of the Club. Like, I have never heard of this book. I have never heard of this author. So I was pretty surprised. So, of course, I need to get my hands on a copy because I need to read a 1,200-page book about a book group because that's what the description says. It's like a group of Southern women who are all members of a book club, and also this is how their lives go. And now... I find it very funny that I just learned about this because I just read The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. I just read that last weekend because I didn't get a chance to read it before it came out. And now I wonder if like it's kind of like a little spin on this. I don't know. But I did enjoy the Grady Hendrix books. And like the idea is really cutesy, like book club vampires, right? But I do want to tell you that if you pick up this book while I loved it, he is not foxing around. Like the idea is cute. But it's more like Salem's Lot, Fright Night vibes, and there is some serious violence and horrific sexual assault in this book. So I just want to give you a heads up before you you pick it up. Because it just sounds like funny, book clubs fighting vampires, but he's not messing around. And it's super scary. So, and the ladies of the club, Helen Hooven Santmeyer, gonna check it out. 1,200 pages about a book group. It's gonna be awesome. And that is it for me today, book lovers. Thanks for following. And getting on board my train of thought, thank you to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or vampires or see pictures of my cats, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Litzy under Liberty, and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with the week's great new releases. So have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading.